This is Breaking Space, a podcast where we dig into the obstacles and solutions to diversifying leadership in the architecture, engineering, construction, and real estate development industries. I'm Rebecca Cervera. I have 18 years of experience in the engineering, construction, and real estate development industries. I'm a certified project manager, a certified passive house consultant, and a member of the Applied Technologists and Technicians of British Columbia. I'm Danny Ference, Director of Construction at Alabaster Homes. I've been in the industry for close to 20 years and I've worked my way from a coordinator to a director now. Uh, I'm a graduate of the BCIT Architectural Building Engineering Program with the specialty of building science. This episode is brought to you with the support of Y5 Creative, where the brand always comes first. Need a new brand or website? Check out y5creative.com. The virtual spell gives you access to a virtual assistant to help grow your business and take on tasks such as copywriting, social media, and influencer management. Learn more at thevirtualspell.com. This is Breaking Space, a podcast where we dig into the obstacles and solutions to diversifying leadership in the architecture, engineering, construction, and real estate development industries. My name is Rebecca Sorbera, and I am the host of Breaking Space podcast. I have over 18 years in the engineering and real estate development industries. And in that time, I've seen lots of really great advancements and improvements, but also very little movement in the number of women in leadership positions, particularly senior leadership. This podcast aims to break open the reasons behind the lack of diversity in those industries and tries to start a dialogue on how companies can attract, retain and promote more women and also more diversity seeking groups within their organizations. I invite you to join me each episode as we dig in and learn together. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I'm so glad you're here. For this episode, I wanted to introduce you to Winset Center. So Winset, uh, also called the Center for Women in Science, Engineering, Trades and Technology. This is um, an action-oriented nonprofit organization that aspires to recruit, retain and advance women in set careers. So women who are working in science, engineering, trades, and technology. And this organization is near and dear to my heart. Uh, full disclosure, I do volunteer for this for this organization. I am a director on their board. And um, I thought one of the reasons why I, I got involved with Winset was because they offer a leadership program that um, really tied into what I see as something that's really needed in this in these industries um, to, you know, create and promote more women into leadership, um, you know, which is what Breaking Space is all about. And this, um, one of the reasons why I think so many um, people have been drawn to Winset is because of the founder, um, the late Dr. Margaret Ann Armour. I unfortunately never had a chance to meet her, but she was an amazing woman. And I recently came across a quote from her that I wanted to share with you because I just thought it was just one of the best quotes that I've heard. And, um, you know, the quote, the quotes goes, I give you my greatest wish to go and meet your dreams. And I just thought like, what a better way to start an organization um, based around that, that type of enthusiasm for, for young girls. And that was a, a big part of um, what D- D- Dr. Margaret Ann Armore was, um, was working towards. She has a school named after her. Um, she was such a great champion for um, women and, and girls in, in set um, and showing women and girls that they, they could be, you know, successful in those careers. So Winset um, was uh, an organization that, that she created. And um, I wanted to introduce the listeners to to Winset today. And I was able to um, sit down with the current leadership director, Erica Lee Garcia to speak about some of the um, different things that Winset is doing to promote and develop um, leaders in these industries. Um, So just a little bit about Erica, who is also an amazing woman and started off as a, a facilitator with the with the Winset Leadership Program. Uh, she's a professional engineer with over 20 years of experience. She's a Six Sigma black belt. Uh, she founded 
Erica Lee Consulting in 2010 to assist companies in improving their performance and reducing their impact. Um, She's teaching her three amazing daughters to be kind, not nice, and to love spaceships and dinosaurs, as well as Barbies and unicorns. She also founded and currently chairs the board of the national nonprofit organization Engineers of Tomorrow which also um, works to inspire the next generation of engineers and STEM professionals through effective, impactful outreach to young people. Um, And she does, which does programming in schools. But today, Erica sat down with me and shared um, some of her enthusiasm for Winset and some information just about what Winset has to offer and how they're promoting and 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 really uh, providing tools for for women to to build their leadership skills. So let's dig into that and learn a little bit more about Winset. Hi, Erica. Welcome to Breaking Space. Thank you, Rebecca. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy you could join me today. Likewise. Uh, You are... I'm the National Leadership Program Director for Winset, which stands for Women in Science, Engineering, Technology, and Trade. That's amazing. And this is a new role for you with Winset. It is. I've been part of the Winset Center since 2017 when I started as a facilitator. Um, And I've been, you know, able to have a front row seat to witnessing women go through our leadership program and really gain all the benefits of it. Uh, But it wasn't until this past July 2021 that I stepped into the role that I'm in now. Uh, There's a lot to figure out, but the the connections that I've made and the impact that I can see from here – um, working with this national organization is just pretty unbelievable. And I feel very lucky to get to do what I do. Thanks for sharing your, your Winset story with us. That's great. Maybe you can let us know a little bit about who Winset is, you know, like um, a past, a present, a uh, future for the organization. Absolutely. Well, Winset has been around as a national nonprofit organization since 2010, founded by the late, amazing Dr. Margaret Ann Armour, who was a professor of chemistry, a trailblazer woman in chemistry herself, and uh, really a public figure and a role model to so many people. Um, She's got a school named after her in Edmonton, if that gives you some idea of just what a beloved and impactful figure she's been. She passed away a few years ago, but I think her vision of putting together an organization that really is like a support network. It's like I think it's probably like the squad that Margaret Ann never had for herself, because thinking back to her upbringing, you know, she was born in the 30s and her upbringing was so different, first of all, different period than what we experience today. But as a, you know, a trailblazer, really early, uh, early days woman in science, engineering, trades, technology, she would have been up against so many barriers, so much overt discrimination, whereas what we tend to see now is a lot lower key. It's a lot more subtle, as you probably uh, have noticed or may, may have discussed with other guests on this podcast. Um, and so I, I think, I, I would like to think that if, if uh, Margaret Ann were here today, she would be pleased and proud with what we've created, which is an organization that's got facilitators on every coast uh, of, of our country, um, all the way from Vancouver right out to St. John's, Um, We have run people through our flagship offering, which is in-person workshops for women. Uh, Early to mid-career is kind of our sweet spot. And uh, over 4,000 women have taken those in-person workshops and have gone on to do so many amazing things we can't even keep track of them. Um, Obviously, when 2020 hit, uh, along with the rest of the world, we had to pivot to online. So we successfully did that with the help of some funding from uh, the Newfoundland Workplace Innovation Center. Uh, We were able to innovate on our own uh, to come up with some online versions. Now you can't really create an in-person workshop in person, uh, online fully, but what we can do is give people uh, really an experience of being embraced by that community, um, knowing you're not alone, like especially with so many of us working from home and going through the, the prolonged effects now of all of these restrictions and lockdowns and shutdowns and things. Um, it's just really important to know you're not alone and to reach out and to connect to people who are going through something the same as you are and to get the connection with that facilitator who now, you know, people sign up um, for uh, an online skill builder, which we're offering them right now, by the way, um, they're available uh, pretty much continuously. Uh, 
uh, at different at different intervals, they could be talking to a facilitator from any part of the country. So there's really and 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 networking with participants that could also be from any part of the country. So going online has really enabled us to innovate and get rid of some of those borders that we had previously. Um, maybe it sounds a little bit cheesy, you know, but it's really opened up a, a world of possibility, um, even though we do miss being in person with our participants and uh, looking forward to getting back to that at some point. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing I think the future holds is, is figuring out, you know, along with the rest of the world, how to exist um, and take the best of the virtual and in-person worlds as we figure that out going forward. So that, that's kind of the outline. Is that good as kind of a starting point to understand who Winset is and, uh, and what we do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's an exciting, you know, some, some exciting future prospects um, for the organization. I look forward to, to seeing how, how those, how those two, those two programs can really, the best of them can be merged together. Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's really just about the impact that we can have on people. And I think about, you know, I only took one Winset course myself as a participant before I was convinced that I wanted to be further involved. Um, I was the participant at the back of the class who had my hand up constantly. I had a toddler on my knee and I would not stop participating um, in what was being facilitated by who are now my colleagues um, who were the facilitators at the time and, and uh, just really found it such a rich conversation to look at the intersection of gender and STEM or SET, as we call it, science, engineering, trades and technology. Um, I think really no one else is talking about that. And I mean, I certainly didn't want to talk about it in my early days as an engineer. Um, the last thing I wanted to do was point out how I was different or kind of set myself up as someone who might not belong there. Like I, I believed in myself, but I also had doubts. And I don't know if you can relate to that as well as a, as a woman in technology. Like there's just this funny undercurrent that I experience sometimes of just like, is this crazy? Should I go get a sociology degree and start over? Like uh, who am I to think I could be an engineer? You know, like there's this, just this weird part of my brain that, that really doubted myself, even though I loved what I was doing. And, you know, I was making water pumps for cars in my first job working in automotive manufacturing. Um, not the most inspiring thing in the world, but I was proud of it and I was good at it, you know? So there was um, kind of a progression for me as I came through and started to have more confidence in my engineering identity and realizing, hey, I can do this. Um, and just as I had hoped, it didn't really matter that I was a woman, but there were certain things that held me back, little incidents, little comments, little things that happened. And after about a decade or so, I was sick of it and I was ready to talk about gender. And around that time I met Winstead and I was like, okay, I get it. This is a thing. We can apply our problem solving lens because that's what we do as STEM professionals. We find gaps, we identify problems, and then we use our smarts to fix them. And really, I think the underrepresentation of women in STEM, women in SET, it's really just a cool problem to solve. Like we can look at the root causes and we talk to the social psychologists who have studied our workplaces and our academic institutions to say like, here are the trends we're noticing, here's what we know. And we take those best practices and we feed them right back out to these young women, you know, who have either just graduated from their program or they've been maybe on the job for five years. And I think they might also be feeling that way. This is one of the reasons I'm so passionate about what Winset does. It's because it really gives an opportunity for people to go, oh, thank goodness. It's not just me. This doubt that I have about myself, there's a reason for that. It has a name. Psychologists have written about it. It's a thing. <laughs> and I don't have to take it so personally and I don't have to take it so seriously because I do belong. I do have things to contribute and I can do this work I love being less affected. Um, I don't know if we're ever completely not affected by, you know, um, what it means to be in a minority as a woman or another, you know, underrepresented group. Um, but we can certainly mitigate that awareness is just so super powerful. And I love that aha moment for our participants when they, they realize, you know, sometimes it's like a very sad moment. Sometimes it's a bit of an angry moment. You know, everyone's got a bit of a different uh, reaction, a different journey. Um, but ultimately it's very empowering to understand what's going on around you. And it just becomes more data that you can work with and more, um, tools to, to solve the gap in front of you. 
that's that's great and i think that you've really laid it out um what the the impact is of of the 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 offerings that that winset has and sort of to 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 you know dig into that a little bit how do you think uh, or how do you feel winset is helping companies and employees really work toward uh their leadership diversity goals well for sure i mean like I said, we're a 10-year-old organization. I say we, you as well are part of this because you're on the board. Um, you know, Winsett is a 10-year-old organization. And for the first, I think, maybe six or seven years, we were really only talking to the women. And I call that the umbrella approach to diversity and inclusion. It's basically like saying to the woman, hey, it's raining out. Hey, it's sexist out. Take an umbrella. You know, use these <laughs> strategies, right? Use these strategies to protect yourself from the downpour of discrimination, bias, misogyny, um, you know, uh, un- unhealthy work environment. Just a shoulder sex, it. A sexism umbrella. A sexism yeah. umbrella, right? And it's like, it, it's okay. It's better than having nothing, right? It's better than getting completely soaked. But at the end of the day, we still have to hold on to that umbrella with at least one or maybe two hands. And it takes up energy and it doesn't allow us to walk naturally and kind of strut like we own the place because, you know, basically we have the right to belong in these workplaces. And and there's such an ingrained sort of media-based and um, stereotype-based assumption that women either can't succeed or they don't, or they shouldn't succeed in STEM or SET. Like that, it's so ingrained in all of us. So it's not something we can look sort of look at look at the men and blame them or, you know, look at the bosses and blame them. It's really like, it's cultural. It's, it's ingrained in all of us. And it takes serious work to, to question and undo those uh, assumptions and those associations. The good thing is that I, I think we're in a great position as technical people. We are convinced by data, right? That's what science is. It's updating on the basis of new information and new evidence that comes up. And so when we see women in technology, women in trades, women in engineering, women in science, kicking butt and doing amazing things, we can go, "Uh uh-huh, so it's possible. So we know this. And I, for one, I'm all about celebrating and lifting up those success stories. That's, I think, a really important part of what Winset is here to do as well. It's not just about, like I said, giving women a sexism umbrella so they can cope a little better, get slightly less soaked and slightly less affected by the ambient um, obstacles and and resistance that that sort of keeps them down and prevents them from achieving their potential. Um, It is also about changing the narrative. And I think that that's why, you know, you mentioned employers, I promise I'm getting there. Um, This is now in the last couple of years, we've started to talk and think about the environment. So, you know, you go back to my rain and umbrella metaphor. This is now about changing the weather, like turn off the rain. Let's get rid of those obstacles, those um, those factors that they're bad for everyone, but they're extra bad for women. Like the men feel the rain too, to, to see, you know, to carry on with that metaphor. Um, it's just that it, it, it affects us even more because there's this sort of assumption, there's this ingrained belief about women and sort of doubt. We're seen as like, oh, you know, maybe you should be a teacher. Maybe you should be a nurse. Maybe you should be at home with the kids. Um, People are just more comfortable with what they know, right? It's more familiar. So you see a woman in a hard hat and uh, and work boots, you know, with a Red Seal electrician um, certification, that's out of the ordinary. It's like, what, what, (laughs) you know? And so there is to a certain extent, just that, that baseline fear of the unknown that gets triggered by someone that isn't expected. And I think that workplaces have a responsibility to not just expect the women to kind of shoulder whatever happens because people are biased against them or a little bit afraid of them or whatever the, you know, however that, that resistance manifests. Um, they also need to work with those people to say, actually, we want to foster inclusive and respectful workplaces that allow everyone to contribute to their best. Like we want to turn turn on the sun, like let's let everybody shine um, because we don't have to put up with this, even though, you know, it might be very natural to have that unconscious bias, to be afraid or scared or surprised or skeptical of women in set. However, it is you know, the human brain is is nothing if not teachable, right? We know so much about neuroplasticity these days and the way we can teach our brains new patterns and we can find new data uh, to update. 
So I think, you know, on the one hand, we really emphasize women empowering themselves and feeling great about what they can learn and, and, you know, Winsight can help them meet mentors. Like we're, we're a, sort of a networking organization in an indirect way as well. Um, there's so much that we can provide to those women to let them go out and make the most of themselves. And that's great because um, they have agency and they have control over that. Um, and though if it's always just on the shoulders of the women to be 110% amazing all the time, we're never really going to get anywhere because guess what? We're human <laughs> and we should be allowed to be human. We should be allowed to give 80% sometimes. We should be allowed to be, you know, take a few years off if we need that. We should be allowed to have the the leeway that men have, right? You, you think about the way that a man goes through his career. Um, if he has some challenges or, um, you know, messes up an assignment or, or, you know, other sort of bumps in the road come up, um, he doesn't start thinking, oh my gosh, I don't belong here, <laughs> right? There's just more resilience and there's more assumption that he belongs there. So companies really need to take responsibility for that as well. And we are now speaking to them. Winset uh, has offerings for them that are aimed at those decision makers. Um, really, those are the people who shape those experiences of those women who graduate from these programs. They choose these fields because they love them or they're excited about them. And we want them to succeed. And there's no reason that they can't if they find conditions that are friendly to them and people who understand their value and and want them to be there. And really, that's all that men have ever had, too. So it's not like we're asking for any special treatment. It's just more like um, a fair, a fair shot, an opportunity to be our best. Let's let's create the environment that allows everybody to do that. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's actually one of the things that really drew me to Winset initially, um, and and made me want to volunteer for the board was that it is it's it's leadership and and you know I talk about it a lot on the podcast and and this is you know a, a fundamental part of the podcast is that we need more women in those decision making leadership positions um, in order to create more of those workplaces that are you know inclusive and places of belonging for everybody and bringing that perspective of um, what it might look like for somebody who's different and and how you know the workplaces can can shift to really make 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 it more inviting for everybody and i i really love that that you know winset is trying to give women those leadership skills but also be able to um say hey look i've done this i took this course or i did all of these um you know leadership programs and and i i will be a good leader like promote me, support me, mentor me, um, all of the things that that companies need to be doing uh, for their pipeline to to get women into those leadership positions. And and I think, you know, Winset has done a really great job of putting together um, some like the course offerings that they have in order to, to give women the confidence, you know, to give them the skills, but also to give them the confidence to to be able to go after those positions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that is a very powerful mechanism. It's one we hear a lot about, right, having role models, and there's this saying about, you can't see what you can't be, right. And so when we have women in those top leadership positions, um, that's going to be a positive thing for the women that come up through the system and are getting hired into that company, for example, or into that organization. Um, I do sort of use that role model argument with a little bit of caution. And I'd love to share why. Um, first of all, because I think it sometimes puts the emphasis in a place where if you don't have women in top leadership, a company can throw up their hands and go, oh, well, we don't have that. That doesn't apply. It's almost like they begin and end with women in leadership positions. It can also, when it's applied wrong, a push for that can lead to either legitimately choosing women that aren't ready for that role, but they get promoted anyway. And then they're sort of set up not to succeed really, right? If the, if the culture isn't really ready for them or if they're not really ready for the position, it can lead to that tokenism. Or, and I think this is even worse, this absolutely breaks my heart when this happens. It can lead to women wondering why they were picked. It can lead to them, wow, I got this promotion. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. I'm pumped for this opportunity. I wonder if my boss really believes in me or if I'm just a diversity hire. And 
the myth of the diversity hire, I think, is one of the most toxic and insidious narratives. It's not even true, first of all, <laughs> the vast majority of the time, like that incidence of, of tokenism and someone being promoted only for the fact that they're a woman or the fact that they're a minority of a different kind, really seriously, men get promoted all the time for their potential, right? So there's really nothing wrong with promoting someone who has a little bit of growing to do. Um, and I think the bigger problem is that we're still not undoing this cultural baseline that says that women don't belong here and women can't do this. So it's really about, it's not just about getting that representation. I'm all for that women in senior leadership roles, that will hopefully do the trick. I think ultimately the more powerful ingredient though is the culture change that says that everybody belongs here, everybody can contribute. And we're very much based on results, on um, whose ideas work the best, not who knows the boss, right? So becoming a little less political, a little more open, a little more uh, collaborative, um, like a true meritocracy, I guess, which a lot of companies think they are, but they're so steeped in their own biases that they can't even see good talent when it comes along. Well, and I think that I, that that's, I feel like you're hitting on all of the reasons why, yeah, why I, I, I think more women in leadership would be great. And you're, you're right. Representation, I feel like is, is kind of at the bottom of my list. I feel like mm. having more women in those, um, decision-making positions, but also they have to, they have to actually be supported to, to be able to lead the decisions. And that does not always happen. You're right. Especially if they're, you know, as an only, or as a token hire, um, they aren't hired or put into those positions because the company, uh, believes that they're the right person for the job or that, you know, they will be able to, they're, they're there to, you know, affect that right, the right change, um, in those organizations. And I think you're right. That does happen a lot that, and I, and I know women, who, who exactly like you're saying, who, who are like, really? Like what? Oh, you're giving me this job. Okay. Now what? I don't know what to do. And, and often, um, weren't happy or weren't successful because they weren't supported to actually do what they thought they were supposed to do with that job. You know, they, they, they really were there. I think you're right as, as a, as a show of diversity, um, but mm. without changing the culture. And I think it's important that, that, you know, that the women are kind of put there to help change the culture and, and yeah. have the power, you know, the power within the organization to, to shape those, the decisions that, that are made. And, um, and I think you're right. That's, a, that's maybe a culture shift or a societal shift. Women do need to have the skills to have those, have those jobs. And it's important that they, um, I guess are supported in getting those skills. And and I think Winset's great for, 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 you know, you said it before for letting women know, Hey, like you can do this. It's, totally. a, it's like, this is, this is something that you can do if, if, if you want to. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. When, when your name is called, you better be ready. <laughs> that is so true. Um, and you know, we can talk all we want about systemic factors and how culture needs to change and stuff. We also don't want to wait for that, right? We want to better ourselves, do all the things we can within our sphere of influence. Yes. I hear so many people say, oh, the next generation. And I'm like, no, I'm not waiting. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. We can do it now. No, yeah. it's, it's great. And it's true. And I think sometimes um, I don't, I'm going to mess up the quote a little bit. I'm going to paraphrase, but to say like, we're living our ancestors wildest dreams. And for, you know, you and I to be having this conversation as an engineer and a technologist, and that's just a fact, you know what I mean? It's not really a novelty anymore. I mean, it kind of is, but not nearly what it was, say, 50 or 60 years ago, back in the Trailblazer days, right? Back in Margaret Ann's days, or um, Marg Latham, the, the chair of our Winset board, was the only woman in her engineering class. Like, I can't even imagine what that must have been like. We were seven out of 20 in my graduating engineering class. I mean, I just took that camaraderie, that normalized representation like it, it was just normal to me like we're a little bit in the minority but it was never a problem and yeah. I think when you build that kind of confidence and that just sort of that sense of belonging like as I said earlier I still had those weird doubts in my mind and I had no idea where they came from until you know 15 years in and I started to understand some of the psychology behind these things and I was so relieved um I think just getting a little bit of coaching a lot of the time the good news is like women have the goods 
to have gotten this far and persevered through their training, through their education, through those first few years in a job, to have chosen that field, um, that is an act of resilience and resistance against the stereotype in itself. Like these are these are tough, awesome people, you know, like, and, and again, I think that's something that Winset's really excited to do is to celebrate and, and shine a light on the strengths that these women already have, even if they don't see them themselves. And I recently reconnected with uh, a coworker that we worked together at the, at the mining company at the same time. And he was sort of a senior person in HR kind of organizational design kind of uh, work. And we just spoke this week. He's now a solo sustainability practitioner. And he was telling me over the years, he has hired literally thousands of people. And he has seen such a significant difference in the way that men and women present themselves and the way that they operate once they're in an organization, the way they set about promotions and things. And the, the thing he said to me was that he has had to do, quote, a lot of potential unlocking with women unlocking their potential, meaning talking to them to tell them what they're capable of, encouraging them, providing those uh, those introductions, kind of helping them along just over whatever internal resistance they're, um, they're feeling to just own themselves, to just own their own strengths, own their own gifts and own their own uh, capabilities. And I thought that was just such a remarkable way to put it. And he obviously, um, you know, as, a, as an ally, um, as someone who just wants to see everybody reaching their potential, that's his job as a as a human resources professional. Um, he was just so cognizant of that and so matter of fact about it. Yep, I do a lot of potential unlocking with women. They seem to need it. Huh, whatever, okay. <laughs> but not every company has one of those, right? That's that's Paul. I'll give a shout out to Paul um, and all the other male allies that see the potential in women, that see our gifts and see our strengths. And help us over those hurdles, because you know, just uh, mathematically, not everyone is going to get a female mentor to help them over that self-doubt and to kind of step into the full extent of what we're capable of. Um, so we do need men along for the ride as well, along uh, you know, to see that this is a good thing for everybody when we own our potential and and step into our step into our power and step into our our strengths. Absolutely. I feel like that's the key. Like the allies, the allies have to be the key to, to really making the changes, you know, that we're talking about. And, and you, you uh, had a few key words there that actually we have like specific Winset has specific skill builders um, for those. Like, I think there is a self-promotions. I don't know them all. So I don't have them. <laughs> I don't know if you do off the top of your head, but we do have a self-promotions one, I believe. And we have a uh, um, allies, uh, men as allies, maybe or something. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'll just talk you through them. And I can provide a link for you to put in the show notes as well. I have them great. memorized, but I, I do have them in front of me also. Um, yeah, I've let's talked hear about, about them. them enough at this point. So we've actually got 15 different online skill builders. Um, the first they're organized into series, because we just wanted to give people a little bit more you know, 90 minutes goes by so fast, right? Like you can't even watch two Netflix shows in 90 minutes. It's like it's pretty much zero time. So we wanted to give people a little more support, a little more of an in-depth experience, but without taking up a whole day. So what we did was we set up these 90 minute sessions and spaced them out by a week each. And there are five of them in a series. So you sign up, ideally you sign up for the whole series, you get this sort of curated learning journey and it's over pretty quickly you still get a pretty quick turnaround on your investment of time and energy um but you get like a a, a package of skills that all fit together and so the first package or the first series is called career building basics and we call this the little back the little black dress of career development um because it is an essential for the for the wardrobe for the um, about to graduate or just graduated woman in science, engineering, trades and technology um, who just wants to succeed and just wants to get off on the right foot. Um, like I said, it took me 15 years to figure this stuff out. I had to sort of do it, the take the long road around or do it the hard way. Right now, we're seeing more and more students and just graduated women opting into these skills right away. And I'm just so excited to see the trajectory that is going to be possible for them um, based on having this knowledge and awareness. So the first one is self-promotion. The second one is intro to negotiation. And we put those together up front because 
you need to know what you want and you need to know how to explain to people who will help you get it um, that that is what you want, first of all, uh, why you're interested in it and what you have to offer that, you know, will show them um, the potential contributions that you can make. So a lot of people think about self-promotion, especially women, tend to shy away from self-promotion. I don't want to brag. I don't want to draw attention to myself. I don't want to be obnoxious. And it's like, it's not in our nature or something, or I don't know. I don't know if that's true or that's just, yeah. you know, the signals that we get that how, well, how we're supposed to behave, but it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Um, I have young daughters and they are so excited about their own accomplishments. They are not shy at all about bragging and being excited and being into what they did. My six-year-old told me yesterday, she, she said, mom, I was so proud of myself. And she started to tell me about it. She was just about floating off the ground. She was just so in that happy, excited energy, not self-conscious about it at all. And there's something that happens through adolescence that takes that away from girls as they become women. And it is 100% socialized. This is why it happens to just about everybody. It's not like it happens to some women and not others, um, where we're sort of told to be quieter, to not draw attention to ourselves, to be about other people, to be nice. I'm putting nice in quotation marks because I, I don't I, think that's a very I, helpful I always, word. <laughs> right. I always say that we're, we're told to like be small. That's what it feels yeah. like to me. It's like be small, you know, don't stick out. Don't be big in this, in this group. Be, be a small person. Yeah. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. So there are barriers for sure. And we acknowledge those in the session. We say, look, this might actually feel dangerous to do. This might not feel comfortable. We get that there's conditioning under this. It's not going to be, you know, you're not going to go from zero to 90 in, in one, you know, one week or one month of working on this. But what you can do is to start to work on your mindset around it. First of all, give yourself permission to say, it's okay for me to own what I'm good at. It's okay for me to be proud of myself. Um, maybe kind of tap into some of that childlike excitement about what we're doing. Like, I don't know about you, but when I start talking to a client about how I can help them improve their processes and how I can see their employees getting involved, like this is the type of work I do as a consultant. I get excited and I'm not afraid to talk about what I can do for them once I tap into the impact I'm having. That's my little hack, actually, <laughs> for self-promotion is to think about how you can serve and then what you would need to do in order to deliver on giving that gift. And you start to feel like not only do I not want to stay small and quiet, I actually can't stay small and stay quiet because I want so much to make a difference. And yeah. so that benevolence, that generosity that we have, it actually does work um, in the context of self-promotion and kind of tricking our brains into believing it's okay to do it. It's true. And and you're right. That's that's what I use as well. Like when I'm to, to build nice. confidence in my own business, how do I add value? Okay, right. These yeah. are the places that I am valuable to this project or organization or to whoever that I'm working with. And it does, it does really provide a lot of confidence that in yourself to, to be able to, um, yeah, to better showcase that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I never thought of it that that's what I do, but that's what I do. Yeah. 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 It's an act of generosity to be vocal and to be visible. It really is. You are showing up and giving of yourself. And I'm so happy for you that you managed to stumble onto this. It sounds like you worked it out on your own, maybe without even realizing it. <laughs> oh, it took a while. Um, <laughs> it took <laughs> it was some work. It definitely didn't just pop, you know, show up it one does. day. But I, yeah, it 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 uh and, and like I said, I didn't even realize that I was really doing that. But for me, that was sort of the answer that I that I needed um for my own for my own business to 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 be able to sell myself. I wasn't, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not a entrepreneur, um, you know, naturally and, and sales was never my thing. And, and all of a sudden I started my own business and I, I needed to be able to tell people, you know, what do I do and what can I do for them? And that's, that was the way that I, that, that sort of the key when the key turned and I said, yeah, I do add value. And this is, you know, th these are all the ways yep. that I do it. And, and it was easy after that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I resonate with that totally on a, an entrepreneurial level. And I think women can have this aha anytime when they're given this experience and this support. So we do self-promotion and then negotiation. Um, we move then into difficult to effective conversations, um, followed by navigating workplace politics, which these are now 
now that you've got a hold of yourself and you're confident in your own ability and what you want and your goals, um, then we start to go into some of the external um, factors, we'll say, maybe some of the obstacles you might run into, some of the things that are going on out there. Um, and then we end with mentors and sponsors, which are the sort of cheerleaders, advocates, people that have your back, people that are looking out for you, people that are coaching you and giving you the opportunity to um, to take on new assignments and giving you advice. Um, maybe people like my friend Paul, who was doing all that unlocking of potential um, with the women that he worked with. So that is the first five. That is the, the Career Building Basics series. Um, do you want me to talk about the others? I feel like this is taking a really long time, but there's just so much good stuff in here. I think that we probably don't have time to talk really in detail about the others. I don't know if you want to just name them all or maybe go through the, the just a summary of the two of the other series that uh, that went yeah. instead of yeah, um, absolutely. Each one. So I'll provide you with the link so folks can check out the the descriptions on their own. Great. Collaboration and teamwork tune up actually applies to everyone. That's our second series. And I, I think the maybe the quickest way to sum up this series is that it's all about the premise that differences are valuable. So we've got um, differing communication styles. Another uh, dimension of difference we unpack is age, which is a huge one, especially in today's workplaces where we've got five generations in the workplace. And, you know, there are so many. Wow. Is it five now? I feel like it was it was four. Now it's five. No, That's, wow. I crazy. just took the uh, collaboration through generations uh, skill builder. It Yeah, there's actually five. It's it's fascinating. Like there's some really great new research. That's one of our newer skill builders that we just came out with. And honestly, I think it should be required for everyone. It's such wisdom and such great perspective and insight into how other people think and what makes them tick. And when you think about what they experienced when they were five and 10 and 15 years old, according to what was going on in the world at that time, of course, they act and behave the way they do. Like, it's just so understandable when you start to look through that lens. Um, yeah, mm. it's powerful stuff. <laughs> Sounds it's fascinating. It sounds like a really good. Then working with challenging people, difficult to effective conversations and fundamentals of leading change because there's change happening everywhere. So that's why we put those all together in sort of a, a tidy little package. We call it the collaboration and teamwork tune-up because pretty much everybody has been working with people that hasn't changed significantly, you know, with any of the events of the last 18 months or even before that. Um, but it, it does, especially as you get a few years into your career, it's not just about being a solo, you know, taking an exam yourself or doing a, um, doing a problem set by yourself. Um, it, it's about teamwork. It's about working together, leveraging others, especially once you get into a leadership position, you really are dependent on your teamwork and collaboration capacity to get anything done. It's almost like that becomes the bottleneck. It's your, not your technical skills. You're still a very good technical person. But if you don't have these other things in your toolbox, um, you're ultimately not going to be as successful as you could be. Um, and the last series, we're calling it the Supervisor Senior Leader Starter Pack because a given company may have great gender-friendly policies. They may have an intention to be diverse and inclusive, but if they haven't spoken to their direct supervisors, those middle-level managers, those team leaders, those supervisors, um, those people can still create um, some very unpleasant experiences for these entry-level folks, these women and other uh, minority groups that are coming into the workplace. So we spotted a gap there. And I think we've done a really great job of putting together something that gives them a starting point. That's why we called it the starter pack. It's like no previous experience required. You can show up knowing zero about anything pretty much, because we will start at square one. We will be very gentle with you. I sometimes hear from men, they're like, I don't know if I want to do this. Are you going to yell at me? Like sometimes I get yelled at for being a white man, you know, and, and we say, you know what, like it's that, that can happen. You know, some people are frustrated. They've been through a lot and, you know, we provide that safety to them, that safe space, that lack of judgment saying, we're not going to shame you for anything you didn't know before. We're going to help you build this skill set. If you want to learn and you're willing to come with an open mind, be curious, be, you know, sort of wanting to be on the right side of history here as far as being an ally and being pro respect and inclusion. 
So unconscious bias and microaggressions are the first two courses. And basically, a lot of people, unless they've grown up experiencing racism, sexism, homophobia, they won't necessarily believe in it. And then from there, we go into allyship for everyone, which that's like the Band-Aid on the, on the ouch um, to say to say there is a solution. It doesn't have to be big and expensive and complicated and take years and years and years. It can be as simple as standing up for someone in a meeting when they get talked over. You know, oh, Rebecca wasn't finished speaking. Rebecca, why don't you continue? Like for a man to do that, to hold space for a woman, to finish her thought, right? Like imagine the power of him just speaking up for her. You can change the course of someone's career by being an ally. Um, An ally is just such a valuable person. So we teach men. And again, the the men that are showing up to be part of our course, they want to be part of the solution. They really do. They just kind of don't know where to start. But now we're going to show you how and we give them simple, actionable strategies that they can take into their workplace and apply in a day, you know, in an afternoon, they don't need to wait or work on it over the long term. Um, And then the last two courses in the series recruiting and retaining women in set and toward respectful and inclusive workplaces. Um, And that one's good for anyone who's in a position, especially if they're hiring or managing women ever or anyone really like it's just it's just a really good look at some of those best practices and ways to implement them right away. And then we finish off with sort of the finish line. It's like, you know, (laughs) strolling off into the sunset is that inclusive and respectful workplaces. So there you go. (laughs) That's the whole story. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, great. Great summary descriptions, analogies. (laughs) Um, I think that there is, you know, there's something in there for everyone. And I have taken some of those skill builders myself, and they really are really well delivered. They have such great information research. You know, they're so interactive. And um, I really hope that somebody that's listening to this, you know, is hearing something saying, yeah, that would be really great for me. And it's something that would really help my, my career or, you know, um, a a leader is saying, I would love to, you know, send someone in my group, um, into, into some of those series. Um, because I really do, you know, I, I really believe that, that they are really beneficial and, and they're, they're just, they're such, they're so well prepared, and of course, you know, I'm a little bit biased because I'm part of the group, but but I'm not part of the group that puts together the, the you know, the the actual deliverables. Um, so I, I, I sort of see them from a little bit of an outsider's uh, outsider's point of view, especially when I take them. And I, I really feel like it's there's such great offerings for, for the industry. I'm so grateful that you're able to join us um, on the podcast today and and share all of this with us. And, uh, you know, we're kind of wrapping up. But before we go, is there anything else that you would like to share about Winset? Yeah, I think what I'd love to just leave everybody with is how Winset is a bit different than sort of the other stuff that you might find out there. Um, One that we really do have that community. So far, everything that we offer is facilitated live. And uh, it's on, you know, it's on Zoom for for now. Like I said, we're not uh, currently offering in-person stuff. And you will have the opportunity to interact with everyone that's with you on that call. So this is great for those people who are missing that interaction and really would love the opportunity to meet and expand their network and compare notes. I mean, is this happened to me? Like, has that ever happened to you? Is it just me? Like, what's going on? Um, And this is good for women and their allies as well. I say sometimes that when um, when men show up to our skill builders, for example, intro to negotiation, they learn stuff as well, right? They get the benefit of those tactics and those techniques that we teach to the women. They also get a side of empathy for the lived experience that they have not had because they have not, you know, uh, moved through the world as female. Um, and they are set up to be part of the solution as well. They really get a little bit of a glimpse into how they can be allies. It's not a webinar, you know, where you come on and you, you know, you're muted and you can't talk to anybody um, and you're just sort of listening in monologue mode. Um, I think there's so much of that out there and it's ultimately got a sales pitch at the end of it. And that's fine, but that's not what we're doing. We are creating these as learning experiences, as networking experiences, 
as even mentorship experiences, basically. There's nothing I love more when I'm facilitating than to get the opportunity to give someone some feedback about their specific question, their specific situation. Um, and I am not alone in this. Uh, all of my fellow facilitators, we're just so happy and so excited to have the opportunity to support the people that show up. We just want to cheer for them and lift them up and, you know, help them burn past any of those self doubts or anything that any hesitation or lack of clarity about what they want in their career. Got this really, really fun and exciting track record um, of helping women step into their potential and enter, lead and succeed in science, engineering, trades and technology. So that could be you too. I love the way you you ended that off. You're you have a you're very a very polished uh, pitch at the end, which I love it. Um, very confident, and <laughs> you're you're showcasing so many of the things that um, the skill builders uh, you you know teach about. So I think that's awesome. I'm very lucky, Rebecca. I I have lots of opportunities to practice. <laughs> Well, that's important too, right? To have those opportunities um, for for those to build those skills, yeah, yeah, for everybody, yeah. Right? And that, and this, you do that in the skill builders a little bit too. So I think that it's awesome. Well, thank you again for for joining today. We definitely will share the links um, that you provide in uh, in our profiles in our show notes. And uh, yeah, I hope that this was uh, helpful to our to our listeners and that and that some of them um, are able to to enroll and and really see the see, see how great the skill builders are. I mean, like I said, I'm biased, but I've taken them and I thought they were amazing. So great job on that. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate the opportunity. I hope that you enjoyed listening to that conversation with Erica as much as I enjoyed having it. Uh, she had some great analogies and I felt like she really captured so many of the obstacles and barriers that uh, women face when looking for leadership positions or looking to grow their careers. And Winset is offering such great opportunities to um, overcome those barriers and a place, a great place to start. We are able actually to offer uh, as a special thank you to our Breaking Space listeners, uh, a 50% discount on the winter semester of the skill builders that um, Erica so kindly walked us through during the episode. If that was something that you would be interested in, use the promo code BREAKING2022. Those sessions are, you know, five 90-minute sessions over five weeks and would really allow you to tap into the Winset community. Um, and you can find the details, the schedules, and the registration at winsetcenter.org slash leadership hyphen program slash skill hyphen builders. And that link will also be available in our show notes. So check that out if you feel like that's something that would be useful for you. Uh, you can also help us get this podcast out to more people by sharing this episode with your friends or giving us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening and catch you next time. If you like this episode of Breaking Space, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.